Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're talking with Timothy Record, director of a new animated movie, The Star, based on the story of Jesus' birth, as told from the perspective of the animals. Timothy Record is an animator, a writer, and director. The Star is his first feature-length film. Timothy Record is a practicing Catholic who first drew attention with his thesis film at the National Film and Television School in the United Kingdom, Head Over Heels, about a long-married couple who have literally grown apart with the wife living on the ceiling of their house and her husband living on the floor. Head Over Heels had a very successful run in festivals, which ultimately brought the film an Oscar nomination and an Annie Award for Best Student Film. In the star from Sony Pictures Animation, a small but brave donkey named Bo yearns for a life beyond his daily grind at the village mill. One day, Bo finds the courage to break free and end up defending newlyweds Joseph and Mary. Mary's kindness soon sets Bo on the adventure of his dreams. On his journey, he teams up with Ruth, a lovable sheep who has lost her flock, and Dave, a dove with lofty aspirations. Along with three wise-cracking camels and some eccentric stable animals, Bo and his new friends follow the star and become unlikely heroes in the greatest story ever told, The First Christmas. Welcome to the show, Timothy. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Thanks. So the star is the first Christmas movie through the, uh, the first Christmas through the eyes of the animals. For the audience, what are the special benefits of a story told in animation versus live action? Well, doing it in animation allows us to make the animal characters uh, human, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's really wonderful for us because it means that we can... Uh, we can present this story as though for the first time because we're seeing it through fresh eyes. We've never heard the, the animal side of the story. And, um, you know, as it turns out, it's pretty fun. Great, but why, why tell it through the animals? What kind of perspective do they bring to this story that the wise men themselves or Herod don't bring? Well, I think it's more that, uh, that we were looking for a way to tell this story that people have heard, you know, 50, 60, 100 times before, we wanted to tell it in a way that um, that would pack the punch and pack the power of the first time pe- that you've ever heard it. Uh, and and that's that's really the goal of, of the animal perspective. Um, we wanted to present it in a, in a new way that you've never heard before, but in a way that also is very faithful to uh, the Bible. And mm-hmm. by, you know, we, this, this uh, presentation allows us to keep all of the major story beats uh, that you know from the Bible, you know, Mary and the Annunciation, Joseph's reluctance after having that conversation with Mary, the wise men talking to King Herod. All those beats are are as they are in the Bible in this movie, but we're just looking at them from off-center, from the, you know, the characters that are off in the wings, that's who we're pointing the spotlight on. I loved how you started with the Annunciation, and, and it's being, that's being witnessed by a mouse, you know, and then you go all the way through and and as you just mentioned, you know, Joseph's confusion. I mean, at, at, at great points in the movie, we see Mary's confused about this. She turns to prayer. 
Joseph is confused about the, the news he's heard. He turns to prayer. Bo is confused about what's going on. He turns to prayer. You know, I mean, here's a donkey turning to prayer because he's watched Mary and Joseph do that. Uh, they, so you've had to take some liberties with this story because obviously donkeys don't pray. Uh, but how faithful to the rest of the actual Christmas story is the star? Well, you know, we our, our rule was simply that if the Bible speaks to something, then we'll we'll stick to that. But if the Bible doesn't, and the Bible doesn't really tell us anything about the donkey that Mary rode to Bethlehem, I mean, it doesn't even say that she rode a donkey, right. but of course we all were used to that image. Um, basically, we thought we're going to read between the lines here, and we're going to fill in the gaps. That's where our creative sandbox is. And, um, and yeah, and choosing to show Bo the donkey in prayer, I think it really there's something profound there, even though, of course, we know that donkeys don't really pray at least in, in you know in the, right. in the way that he, he does in the movie uh it's an opportunity to show a character learning how to relate to god by imitating the saints and it's, you know that it's a it's a really great moment in the movie for that reason yeah i really like that a lot this is the first feature-length animated film based on the historical bible in what 20 years since prince of egypt um, I remember yeah. at that time when that movie came out, Jay Leno joked that it took 10 years to make that movie because it took the producers nine years to find a Bible in Hollywood. <laughs> is it difficult to do scripture-based movies? I mean, is it, is it, is it tough to, to get that kind of thing done? I think the landscape has really changed in the 20 years since uh, Prince of Egypt, and the, and the real catalyst for change was The Passion of the Christ, um, sure. which I think everyone knows was a real eureka moment for hollywood because no one expected that movie which is you know in in sort of foreign languages that nobody speaks how could the movie like that be such a huge success and it's still the highest grossing r-rated film in in the american box office um Mm -hmm. that movie was had a real seismic impact and it revealed to studios that there was an audience hungry for good content and in the years since then there's been a struggle to so-called find the formula um and there have been movies that attempted to, to capture that audience without authenticity, I would say, with, you know, without, mm-hmm. um, without striving to be true to what's in the Bible. Um, and just basically they alienated their target audience. And so uh, what, what I think is different now is that Hollywood has clued into that. And they've realized that the only way to make these movies successful is for them to come from an authentic place uh, mm-hmm. and and to hire artists and in particular on this movie uh, they looked to myself and also to Devon Franklin the producer for the for the leadership on that um, to make sure that this was coming from a place of uh, people who actually for whom this is an important story right because I I'm going to talk a little bit later about some of the voice talent that you got to to come on this project but it really has to start way before that uh, in terms of how you how you put the script together and and how you're going to uh, portray some of these characters such as Mary and Joseph who are you know we all know and love Mary and Joseph and how do you make sure that they're represented in a way where we can fall in love all over again with them you know I I, I think that's an important thing to look at when you're talking about something that is so critical to our our faith system. The Christmas movie, though, is it, it, the whole story is so much a part of our lives. Kind of, we almost don't hear it anymore. You you, you hear what's going on, but uh, you kind of skip over all of those things. And in a lot of ways, 
the holiday season takes over the Christmas story. But how does how does your animation with the animals' perspective how does that become a Christmas gift for people? And are you hoping that this becomes a Christmas classic that people watch year after year after year? Absolutely. That's why I signed on to the project in the first place. Was that you know when I was a kid growing up, we had this box of Christmas movies that we'd pull off the shelf every year, and there are great Christmas movies in there that that really resonate with great themes of Christmas, like It's a Wonderful Life and Muppet Christmas Carol was one of my favorites. Christmas Story. All those movies are great movies, but none of them are actually about Jesus. And uh, and so this movie I saw as an opportunity to fill a void that it's almost impossible for me to believe hasn't this movie mm-hmm. hasn't been made yet that we haven't we don't have this movie yet. Uh, and and to do it in a way that doesn't feel Sunday school-ish, doesn't feel mm-hmm. preachy. It's entertaining. You know, a good movie should be entertaining. It should be fun. It should have some comedy, some adventure, some suspense. And this movie has all of that stuff uh, while also centering on the you know the reason for the season. Right. Because I, otherwise, I mean, I think if I think back to my childhood and my kids' childhood, you know, you're looking at the, the stop animation Little Drummer Boy, maybe, as as an example of right. a Christmas movie that's a classic that's really about the Christmas story and not about Santa and the elves. And those and we you know we had things like that too but they were never feature length films they were never done at a studio level uh, right. you know with the all-star cast we've assembled I think we've really elevated the art of the nativity animated film with this movie so. Yeah and the animation is is just incredible I mean it's really beautifully done uh, and I think you know anybody who has a chance to see that will know that. I got a chance to see your sizzle reel um, several months ago at the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast, and it kind of showed how you know the sketches start, and then you start inking in and going from there. But it's just—it's I got to tell you—it's absolutely beautiful when I when you know you see the finished product. Uh, so obviously you, you took a lot of effort in that. Yes. Yeah. No. Our team really did a great job. That's wonderful. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Timothy Record about the new movie about the first Christmas, The Star, which features some great voice talent. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. On the same day, Bishop Dennis J. Madden led an evening prayer walk for peace through the streets surrounding St. Veronica in Cherry Hill, November 2nd. Baltimore City achieved the dubious distinction of reaching 300 murders so far this year. It was the third straight year the city has logged 300 murders or more, arriving on the same day the Catholic Church commemorated the Feast of All Souls. The irony was not lost on the bishop, who during his prayer vigil had stopped at three sites where people had been killed. Every night on TV, you'll see reports of one or two shootings in and around Baltimore, said Bishop Madden, urban vicar. It dulls the mind so that there's nothing new or shocking about it. All must guard against the notion that killings are somehow to be expected or tolerated in the city, he said. People should not have to live that way, Bishop Madden insisted. It's not normal that people shoot each other. It's important for the Catholic Church to be present in areas touched by violence to show love and solidarity, Bishop Madden said. The next prayer walk for peace will be held outside St. Wenceslaus in East Baltimore, November 29th, beginning with a light meal at 5.30 p.m. For more information, visit catholicreview.org. Parishes throughout the Archdiocese are holding a special collection the weekend of November 18th and 19th in support of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. 
founded in 1970 by the Catholic bishops of the United States as their domestic anti-poverty program. The campaign is designed to break the cycle of poverty by helping low-income people participate in decisions that affect their lives and communities. Last year, parishioners in the Archdiocese gave more than $205,000 to the collection. For more information, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is George Matisek. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish and everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back and we're talking with Timothy Record about the new movie about the first Christmas, The Star, which stars Bo the Donkey, along with Mary and Joseph and a lot of other great characters. To flesh all that out, you've got some great voice talent in this movie, Timothy. Uh, you've got Oprah Winfrey, Christopher Plummer, Tyler Perry, Patricia Heaton, Kelly Clarkson, Zach Levi, a lot of others. Why were these people willing to come on board this journey with you? We were pleasantly surprised, basically. We, we put a, down a list of all of our first choices for all these parts, you know, people that we assumed, well, we may as well, like, go for the home run, but if we don't get that, we'll take, we'll take a base hit. Right. Uh, and so many of these actors came back with yeses, and it was like, oh, my gosh, yes, wonderful. And why, why did they want to be part of this story? Because, uh, they, because for them, this story of the first Christmas is important. And, and uh, for a lot of our actors, this was an opportunity to be part of a project that they could share with their families. I'm thinking of Ving Rhames in particular, uh, who, who mentioned that, you know, this is a guy that we know from Mission Impossible and... Uh, and um, uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, he right. plays tough guys. Yeah. And this was an opportunity to play a tough guy in a movie that he can share with his children, uh, which is a great opportunity that doesn't pop up that often for him. So 
you know, it, it was amazingly easy, and it just is a testament to the power of the story uh, that that was able to attract this cast. Yeah, so you're almost like a kid writing out the Christmas list, and you got everything you wanted. So that sounds like a yeah, good way to go. Exactly. That's a, so in making this star, what are you what are you most proud of? Uh, are there any scenes that took special consideration, or that you're especially proud of? You know, for me personally, um, I love how we've presented the story of Mary and Joseph in this uh, because, uh, you know, I wanted to find a delicate way to to portray them as saints, you know, to portray their sanctity, but to portray the human side of that sanctity. And, and they aren't uh, people who are sort of overly pious or holier than thou or anything like that. We presented them as you know, a couple with a sense of humor, with points of conflict that, you know, conflict between a married couple is not a sign of vice or anything like that. It's just the natural friction between two people. And I think it makes them very interesting and recognizable as a young married couple. So I think hopefully what we've done with Mary and Joseph is shown them as people that can be imitated by mm-hmm. uh, by young couples today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's wonderful just that there's a, a great exchange between them. And honestly, we don't get much of that in Scripture because other than that we know that Joseph was a good and upright man, there really isn't a lot about him in Scripture. So I, I love how you've developed his character and what you've done with, with their relationship between he and Mary. Because certainly this was a very confusing time for them, and yet yeah. you portrayed them as being confused about that, but responding in faith. And I, I just I thought that was really a, a powerful way to, to help people see that relationship. Well, it was fun for me as well, just as a person of faith, to dive into, you're right, there, there aren't character descriptions of them, but there, is, there are clues. And to, mm-hmm. so I had the opportunity to dive into those clues and to extract what, what we could find there. And uh, with Joseph in particular, you know, I thought, well, okay, this guy was a carpenter 2,000 years ago. In this day and age, he might be a mechanical engineer. And uh, and so with that in mind, I thought, okay, well, maybe he's the guy who's, you know, planning everything and he's making sure we've got everything organized and packed for this trip to Bethlehem mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, he's trying to plan this perfect trip for his wife when they finally get to Bethlehem and it turns out things aren't exactly going as planned, then that's an opportunity for Joseph to grow and sort mm-hmm. of let go of the wheel a little bit and let God take control. And I, I, that's, it's nice to be able to give a character room to grow like that. And in a way that I feel, you know, if, even if it's not exactly contained in the Bible, I do feel that it's inspired by it. Mm-hmm. I saw the movie with a couple of parents and their twin five-year-old daughters. They loved it. The girls just loved it. We you know, said, well, who's your favorite character? One of them said the horse. You know, she loved the horse, you know, the best, but that's she likes awesome. a lot of horses. But it, it, as as we headed home, we kind of asked them, well, what, what did you like? What did you see? And I'd like to know what you're hoping that families, as they head home from seeing the star, what do you hope the conversation is like in the car? You know, we wanted to tell a story that was true to the themes of the first Christmas. And to me, the real lesson of how God chose to enter history is that God chooses to do great things in humble ways. And uh, I think all of us, you know, feel like a, a calling to do something great, a calling to be part of something bigger than ourselves and to have a real purpose. Uh, but for most of us, it's not going to involve being rich or famous or anything glamorous or important looking on the outside. And I think it's I, I think this movie is an opportunity to reflect on the fact that the great thing God has called me to do is to is to do the thing that where he's placed me is right mm-hmm. here where I am. That's where I have the opportunity to be a saint 
is by being a mother, being a father, being a fifth grade teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or a second grade student doing my times tables. Yeah. That's how God, that's the, that's the great thing that God has given me. It may not look great on the outside, but neither did baby Jesus when he was born mm-hmm. on the first Christmas. Yeah. Or being a Hollywood director, maybe that's the way you live that life out in, in that way too. You know, these days animated films are, are they're, they're obviously aimed at kids, but to bring in the audiences, you, you need to make sure that they also are attractive to, uh, to adults. How do you? How did you do that in this movie? And and why do you think that uh, that adults are going to want to you know keep watching this with their kids? Yeah, I, it's definitely true. The goal is not to make children's films. The goal is to make family films, films for the whole family. And uh, it, so, in order to do that, I think you just invest the movie with a lot of depth, and then people will be able to tune in to whatever level of, of depth they're capable of. So I think a lot of the drama with Mary and Joseph. Uh, is very relevant for parents, for people who've been, um, who've experienced that, you know, those months of anxiety leading up to the birth of a child. Uh, I don't know if, if every kid in the audience is going to be able to tune into that, but that's there in the film, accessible for anyone who, who wants to, uh, who, who wants to sort of read into that. And, um, yeah, so I, I think as long as, I, I, to me, the key is to just be authentic and to come from a heartfelt place because, Emotion seems to be legible to everybody, regardless of their age. That's excellent. How long did this whole thing take you to make? I mean, obviously, uh, animation takes a long time. Voiceover takes a long time. But what was your process, and and what did you learn through this? This movie was, I I would say, pretty uniquely quick. Uh, Most movies, most animated films, I, I would say, take anywhere from three to five years from beginning to end. And this movie was two years, pretty much on the dot, two years from beginning to end. And what that meant was we were working at an incredibly fast pace throughout, uh, throughout the process. But you know, we had the the nice thing is that we knew how the movie ended. Yes, (laughs) yes, we all know the story. That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you did you learn some certain things about about yourself maybe in in this process or about your your relationship with Jesus through this process? You know, it was an interesting um, thing early on in the development process. We were working on this movie about Jesus born among the animals, and uh, Pope Francis published Laudato Si at the same time, and it led me to do a lot of thinking about uh, sort of a the Christian's relationship to creation. And I, I know that we, you know, we tend to always think about that in terms of the stewardship that God gave to Adam and Eve in Genesis. But I, to me, the image of God, the creator of the universe and the creator of every animal on this planet coming to earth, not as a donkey and a cow or a chicken or whatever, but as a human being and God, the creator of donkeys chose to touch donkeys with human hands. That seemed very profound to me, and, and I guess uh, it it seemed to upgrade the responsibility that we have because God has chosen to interact with His creation with five fingers, you know, five human fingers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it's hard to put into words, but I, I found that to be very deep and new to me um, in terms of the responsibility that God has put on our shoulders by becoming one of us. That's cool. That's really awesome. Well, you've done a great job with it. The star is uh, was a lot of fun to see. It was great to see it with uh, with some little kids to see their reaction, and you've done just a really beautiful job with it. 
So we've been talking today with Timothy Record about the new movie about the first Christmas called The Star. It's going to be playing at the Regal Bowie Stadium 14 in Bowie and possibly other theaters in the Baltimore market. You can visit thestarmovie.com for more details and to check to get tickets and group sales and all sorts of things like that. We appreciate your being with us today, Timothy. Thanks so much for having me on, Chris. Thanks. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.